The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Wednesday night, January 26, 2022. Another Wednesday night in the books, and you are here live on Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube, Twitch, or checking out the audio after the fact. That's all good, too. I am Justin Labar. He is Alfred Kunawa. And boy, what a uh, what a night we got to talk about here as we got some news headlines to touch on. Very interesting, uh, centering around some big WWE landmark uh, events coming up soon. And plus, we have AEW Dynamite's Beach Break from the tropical Cleveland, Ohio, to discuss. We, uh, and that, that show was uh, so much to, to, to dive into. But first, pleasantries. Alfred, how you doing today? Doing tonight? great, man. It's just uh, been a crazy week. We're now getting into WrestleMania season. It's beginning to feel like that. Uh, Royal Rumble season particularly. So very busy with beach break and then the Royal Rumble coming up. And I love when it gets like this around wrestling. So I'm uh, in good spirits, Mr. Labar. Yes, this is uh, this is our playoffs. Uh, yes, this is our playoffs. This is our our time to shine, and uh, is when I mean, you know, obviously there's more than just WWE now. Obviously with AEW, but still the road to Mania that that January to April still can't be denied. That's just a, a peak time if you're watching uh, the pro wrestling, sports, entertainment business, and and AEW's seeming like they're bringing some of their best stuff uh, with what they did tonight and with what they're setting up for next week and what could be to follow there, which. Uh, we'll touch on all that. Love seeing the chat room fill up. We appreciate it. Of course, uh, you can, of course, take part in the chat with uh, yourself and all of your fellow wrestling community uh, uh, fans. Or you can also get involved in the conversation here and get it up on the screen. And, and, and Alfred and I's reaction, if you do the super chat, uh, put a little moolah towards Wrestling Inc. and Raj's pocket. Always appreciated there. And, of course, big thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, let's first touch on a couple news headlines. You can uh, read about all of this and more on WrestlingInc.com. But let's start with what is coming is the Royal Rumble this Saturday. Of course, we'll have full uh, full reaction and live podcast after the Rumble here Saturday night. Myself, Raj, and Jack Farmer. And maybe we'll be uh, maybe we'll be discussing Alfred uh, Kyrie Sane. Uh, Fightful Select reporting that she is a, a name that's been discussed as a possible entrant. Now, mind you, we're talking about uh, a Rumble for 30 women. There's always going to be names being tossed against the wall. Does this work? What's our status with this person? What have you? Um, it was reported earlier this month that Saints WWE contract is set to expire in February sometime. Um, and that's just, I don't think she's in last we knew she wasn't even in the country, she wasn't even in the U.S. So, uh, whether or not this happens, you know, obviously getting in and out of countries is not as simple as it once was right now in the world we're in. Uh, but Kyrie saying, would this, would this get a pop for you, Alfred, if uh, if she's an entrant? 
I'd absolutely would. And to your point about getting in and out of the country, Japan is among the foremost countries where it's very difficult because they have some of the strictest laws in terms of going in and out of Japan where you have to quarantine for a certain amount of time. So I don't know how long she'd want to be away there if she was to show up at the Royal Rumble. But I think that I love the fact that there's a lot of these big names, I feel like, especially with the women that could be in the Royal Rumble, that realistically could be in the Royal Rumble and I think would be big moments, whether it's Asuka, whether it's Paige, Ronda Rousey, now Kyrie Sane. I'm very excited to see this women's Royal Rumble. I'm, I'm going to try not to be entitled and, and think that they owe me all these uh, talents, but if all four of them don't show up, I would be a little disappointed, but I do expect at the very least one of them um, in terms of the big four, if not more, um, even Bailey, you know, uh, I do expect to see some big surprises in the Women's Royal Rumble. And I think it's, you know, it's a brief history and the Women's Royal Rumbles have actually been pretty good. But I think this is shaping up to be the best one ever. Possibly. I mean, and you're coming off of a rumble last year in front of no fans. So you got to think they might have holstered uh, some some big surprises that they would have, un- you know, would have wanted to have in the rumble. They were just working to waste it when they didn't have crowd. So mm-hmm. and now we're back in front of a uh, crowd and touring and saying, obviously, she's, you know, Kyrie saying for, again, those um, you're not as familiar with the background, a lot of, you know, a lot of speculation of what was going to happen. As I said, her contract with WWE set to expire, as we believe, next month. Let's believe she's in Japan right now. Let's believe that she did not want to sign a new deal because she didn't want to live in the U.S. Um, and it even notes uh, in the report here on Wrestling Inc. that based upon social media activity and what you can tell in terms of locations of somebody's social media posts that she still is in Japan as of the writing of this report. So a lot to keep uh, a lot to keep our eye on. But uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be nice to see her again. But I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm. I'm I'm pessimistic. I'm not going to let this report get my hopes up. It's great that they're WWE's wanting to have her back. I guess I kind of if this report's true, it tips the hand that they still see value in her. But whether or not that's going to be able to ink a new deal or, or even get her in the Rumble uh, remains to be seen. The bigger story, I think, uh, is this one: NXT Stand and Deliver is reportedly going to air on the same day as WrestleMania 38 Day oh. One. Again. That's if you remember, uh, WrestleMania is two days. Once again, it's going to be on Saturday, April second, and Sunday, April third. And you know, it's a little different. You got a two-day Mania, Alfred. You of course you have Friday SmackDown. And so, where does a Hall of Fame fit in? Where does an NXT event fit in? Not a takeover. I, I, I guess it's not a take. I don't know. Um, but reportedly, that they're looking right now, as of now, uh, according to PW Insider, to have NXT stand and deliver be like a matinee show, like maybe like a noon to three on that Saturday before, you know, I guess three, four hours before you get into the pay-per-view that is WrestleMania. Um, could this make NXT feel any more? Yeah. <laughs> matinee. <laughs> and if you're familiar with matinees, they're like $7. They're always the cheapest type of movie that you can go to. And I despise this idea. I hope it doesn't happen. I don't see what's wrong with having that show, a standard delivery show the week of WrestleMania like they did last year. And that standard delivery show both nights were awesome. Obviously, we're dealing with different personnel now this year with NXT 2.0, but I really hope they don't do that because that's a lot of wrestling on one day. I expect WrestleMania to be a pretty long show, even though it is spread out over two nights. That'll probably go four, maybe even four and a half hours, if not longer. And then to have to deal with NXT 2, which is definitely going to get overshadowed, I think would be a mess. And it would make my job very difficult in terms of having to cover both of these. So I just don't know why they're insisting on doing it on a Saturday. If that, if it comes to that, I really hope they don't do this. Yeah, you know the matinee, you know where the understudies get to perform. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's still uh, daytime. Like, feels, like the, feels like the ultimate curtain jerk. <laughs> um, but I mean, if they, if they if they're gonna do an NXT event, which I don't even know if they have to. I mean, I I don't know. If, you know, it's not. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like well, then where? Be, I mean, obviously, it's not taking place at the Cowboys Stadium. Um, unless it's at the parking lot of the Cowboys, I don't know. <laughs> it's not taking place at the Cowboys Stadium, and uh, you know, if, if you you know, the Cowboys Stadium for for those who've never been there, it's not, you know, it's it's kind of in like a location of its own. It's not like it's in a it's not a stadium arena that is smack dab in the middle, you know, and has like another arena just five minutes down the road. So like I you know I, I think that's kind of risky. Mania already is such a production if you're a fan to get to it to park to get in i mean we've seen uh i mean after you and i've been at a lot of manias in the last decade we've seen some conundrums i i you know i think actually cowboy stadium was a conundrum the last time i yes, actually I have, a, I have a video somewhere in the archives of my social media of people just trapped in the concourse because it was like if you if you had a if your ticket was on the field you had to like go somewhere different to get a pad it was weird and then like we've seen problems getting in and out of metlife and like so these football stadiums are not you know where the football stadiums are 
they're set up to have fans go in and out on concourses. They never account for how do we add another X amount of thousand people on the field who are sitting on the field ringside. So these are always a problem. So like, I feel like if you, even if you do a matinee noon to three, you're, you're running a risk here of wanting people to go to that show. However many the venue it, 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 it can hold that you hold it at. And then they have to travel from wherever that venue is to get to Cowboy Stadium and then go through. I mean, I don't know. That this is, this seems like a like just it for what? Again, for the for the for for what? Uh, you know, what's are you gonna get like an extra how much revenue are you gonna get from an extra NXT gate on that same day? Right. You know, I don't know. It just doesn't seem uh, I think the bigger question to me is Hall of Fame. Where does the Hall of Fame fit in? I mean, that's that's something you know they're gonna do. Uh a lot of speculations in Dallas that maybe this is Undertaker's Hall of Fame, so you'll wanna do it right. So where does that fit in in the week? Yeah, and you know, it's going to be on television. I think the Hall of Fame is going to do a pretty good number. I did pretty impressive number last year when it was on TV, and I think having The Undertaker would be good, and I think the Hall of Fame should be the priority. If one of these shows has to go, and that's what they figure if they're trying to do this puzzle, the Hall of Fame should take place on, on Saturday over NXT if they have to choose. And I again, I don't see anything wrong with doing a stand and deliver the week of WrestleMania, maybe you reach out to USA Network. They, they're very friendly with WWE when it comes to stuff like this. You have two nights. You can air on a Wednesday head-to-head with AEW maybe, but just not on Saturday. I, I really don't like this idea. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is all, again, reports and speculation, uh, but if, but it's sooner than later it's going to have to become official, obviously, because they have yes. to put tickets out and, and get this out there. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see, but I, I would imagine – uh, you know, by mid-February at the, at the latest, and that's kind of being that's kind of pushing it. We're we're gonna have to figure out and find out when all this is gonna be and where it's gonna be. So uh, stay tuned to that. That's gonna be uh, <laughs> quite the quite the interesting situation to watch unfold uh, for WWE and their logistics and planning. Just for all the right. sake of discussion, what do you think would happen if NXT 2.0 went head to head with uh, AEW? Would it be uh, an all-out massacre, particularly for a stand and deliver? If they really built this show up. That's a great question. I, I I don't know. I mean, um, my, my gut would tell me that it 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 would struggle just yeah. because we're watching NXT 2.0 on a pose on a Tuesday, you know, get uh, you know half a million. That's that's you know, or, or you know, it's five hundred, six hundred, it's five hundred or six hundred thousand. Um, so I I don't I don't know what they could do in the next two months to that NXT brand that is going to cause it to significantly jump to be competing with a dynamite that's, you know, going to, that's, it's around a million now. Um, unless that NXT show was interlaced with stars from raw and SmackDown. Mm. That's the only way I could see it. You know, unless now in this road to mania, uh, we saw some guys and girls working on, on, on Tuesdays as well, just to help prop the brand up. I mean, which, which isn't the most out of place. We've seen AJ styles. We've seen, we've seen some guys make some appearances, um, you know, riddle, uh, you know, so if they, if you know, if that NXT brand, it truly is to, if you, if, if you're on the NXT brand that is now the NXT 2.0, it is because we believe Vince in the office sees you as a potential to be on Raw or SmackDown. You know, you're not an indie darling, you're not Triple H's indie show anymore, as people have now. That's that's like the, that's 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 the story here. So I mean, it wouldn't be the most out of place thing to say, all right, let's see if Braun Breaker can main event NXT stand and deliver against a, and then give me a an established. Raw or SmackDown name, so I, I I don't know, but I I I think that'd just be it. That'd be, you know, they they already moved off of Wednesday's competing against Dynamite in the first yeah. place. I mean, <laughs> you know, the superior and, version too. Yeah, and right now they can at least say, yeah, right. They can they can say, you know, but the moment they do, if they do one head to head against AEW and AEW beats it, then all of a sudden NXT 2.0 can't hang their hat on the <laughs> they can't hang their hat on. Well, we've never been beaten by AEW, you know, right? So it would be uh that'd be quite the gamble, I think. All right, let's uh let's talk AEW Dynamite coming from Cleveland. Again, Beach Break here. Uh, and they're gonna start off hot, hot in the name of Beach Break, Alfred. They are gonna have the interim TNT champion and Sammy Guevara up against the TNT champion and Cody Rhodes in a ladder match. Uh, this thing's gonna have a little bit of everything. They uh, they're gonna fight into the crowd. Um Cody's going to give a standing vertical suplex from the top of this 10-foot ladder. I mean, it would have made the British Bulldog proud. A hell of a spot here. Sammy's going to leapfrog ladders and hit his cutter on Cody. Uh, we're going to get a crossroads off the ladder. Uh, Sammy is going to swanton off a ladder onto Cody, who's laying on a ladder that's bridged between the ring and the and the barricade. Uh, and then finally, uh, both are up there on the ladders, and Sammy's going to take the crossbar that is holding the two titles, and he's going to ram the title and crossbar into Cody's head. Cody's going to fall from the top, 
in the end, we're going to see Sammy Guevara, the undisputed TNT champion. Uh, how'd you, how'd, how'd this sit with you for the opener? I love this match. I thought this was really good. I thought they did a good job with their spots, uh, getting creative and also doing uh, spots that would kind of make you nervous in terms of death defying. I like the crossroads from the two ladders. thought that was pretty insane. Uh, but I did like these two uh, going back and forth. I was surprised that Sammy Guevara won. I don't think it's the wrong decision. Uh, but I do think Cody is hot. And you don't want to beat him too much. But I'm glad that Sammy Guevara got his titles back. And now he's the undisputed champion. That was a nice little saga that they had. But I have no complaints about this match. I was actually, my one complaint is the things with uh, Fuego del Sol. I was very kind of confused with his involvement. Uh, it almost seemed like comedy uh, initially. But I, you know, they made it work. And I just really like this match. Yeah, I purposely left that off there. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame uh, you, man. I also got to mention, too, I love the cutaways through all of this. To Arn Anderson, who just Arn Anderson just looks pissed. Like, <laughs> Cody, why are you doing this? But he's just mad. He didn't even want this match to be going on. It's what, it, what, it, what his face told. Um, yeah, you know, I, I somewhat agree. I mean, Sammy obviously is a stud. Uh, you know, he, he he works great as a babyface. Um, so I can see wanting to have investment in him and giving him this title again. Uh, but at the same point, you know, Cody is Cody's got the audience revved up, whether they love him or hate him. So, you know, I could have seen you know a real you know, justification of having him beat a hot baby face and Sammy uh, and carry this title. I mean, if, if, if he's, it just kind of, it just kind of adds to Dan Lambert, who by the way is watching this match from the, uh, from the, from the stands as they show a few times, it kind of just fuels Dan Lambert, you know, his, his, his whole thing of Cody, you know, booking himself to the top and, 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 and look, he's got a title. So I, I don't know. I thought that would have played in, but um, yeah. my, my biggest complaint I actually have to say here, and, and this, you know, I understand it's in the name of safety. But if, if this is going to happen, for God's sakes, at least try not to show it so much on TV. I don't want to see the referees facilitating ladders. I don't want to see the referees holding ladders as they're doing spots. I don't want to see referees moving ladders to get them in place for spots. I'm sorry, but like this is, a, I mean, like, I, again, I know it's for a safety of let's, let's hold and steady the ladder so this person doesn't fall and paralyze themselves. But I just, but, but again, don't show it. But it's blatantly in front of me on TV. I just feel like, you know, the, the referees are not, the furniture is not supposed to be. Right. You know, and that, that's my that's my complaint I will have. It's like, it does take away. You're supposed to be there to, uh, you know, to officiate the violence and the athleticism, not to, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. That, that's my one critique. I have. That's it's very just, valid. It's a very yeah. valid critique, and that's a production issue. I think uh, it's definitely an issue where the camera should be aware of where the referee is because, yeah, it is a safety issue. I'm not against the referee helping out, but they really, when they show it, it does look a little amateurish, and it does kind of hurt the mystique of the ladder match when you see the referees in on it. Yeah, it's. I mean, and this is not the only match I've seen this happen. I just, but it, it really kind of like was there in front of me tonight. I was like, eh, don't want to see that part. But nonetheless, I, and I'm nitpicking. I'm not taking away, you know, from what the good, what the match was overall. But uh, just something, like you said, production wise, just figure that out. All right, up next we get Wardlow, hometown boy Wardlow, in a two on one handicap match. Wardlow forty wins, seven losses. Of course, that seventh loss uh, being a very, uh, <laughs> a very uh, almost convincing win against CM Punk. He's going to go up against uh, Jake Alexander and Elijah Dean. Got to give a shout out to Elijah Dean. He is a uh, Pittsburgh guy, a guy that Wardlow is very familiar with. That worked uh, here. Works, Elijah still works here in IWC Wrestling in Pittsburgh. Uh, he is one half. He's the man dime, one half of Money Shot. So Elijah, awesome physique. So good to see him getting a, a little bit of time here on national TV. But he's not going to get to show up any more than his physique because he's just going to be the victim uh, of half of this powerbomb symphony that Wardlow is going to uh, unleash. I believe six powerbombs in total. Was the final count, and uh, he of course made sure that Sean Spears did not get to get in the ring, uh, and and continue doing uh, any, any chair shots or anything. So Wardlow, uh, obviously over in Cleveland, um, mm-hmm. wouldn't be the last that we see of him, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, smart, you don't you don't need to do this match. I mean, I certainly it, it you know nobody has forgotten how a dominant Wardlow is, but it's, you're in his hometown, and this cost them five minutes. So I think you know good on them to, to, to toss it out there and just get the crowd something to, to pop on. It absolutely was. We talk about this a lot on this podcast in terms of how good AEW is at capitalizing on people's hometown, even, and we'll get into this later, on the other way when they use this for heat with uh, Britt Baker. And they're just creating this school spirit type feel to, you call it cheap heat, but it's very effective heat. And when done correctly, it will either get somebody over as a baby face or a heel. And you saw this with Wardlow. And I, I loved how they did this. And I absolutely loved Sean Spears' new shirt. Uh, in the spirit of the rock who might need to sue and just swing it <laughs> instead of just bring it. But the exact, I literally thought he was wearing the rocks t-shirt. I was like, what the hell is going on here? But it was just swing it. So I thought it was very funny. I did a double take too. I, I thought <laughs> I, 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 I saw a little swing and not bring. Yeah. 
so just swing it. Well, you can only swing it if you're properly taken care of down there. And I'm talking about our friends from Manscaped. They are going to take care of you. That's right. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Don't let the wild pubes wreck you. Valentine's Day. It's coming quick. It is coming quick. Valentine's Day just around the corner. And our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. And as always, because you are a loyal viewer and listener of this podcast, you can save some money using the code WINC20. Save 20% plus get the free shipping at manscaped.com. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. And again, exclusive offers I just said there. You know, holidays, they went by so quickly. Uh, you know, you got to remember to take care of the package. Do your job. You know, we're always pumping it. We're always, we've been pumping it for, for months uh, around here at Wrestling Inc. Manscaped. But now, now, it's, this is universal because we all have Valentine's Day circled on the calendar, okay? So if you're looking for love on that Hallmark holiday, you got to uh, circle it. You know you have got to be prepared and in Manscaped shape come that day. Do not embarrass yourself. Do not get to that point and 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 embarrass yourself. All right, don't do all the, don't do all the work, all the all the other prep and and, and groundwork laid, and then get to the the final step and 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 lose it. All right, can't have that happen. Uh, so make sure you check out Manscaped. They got the performance package 4.0. It's the thing that every guy needs in their life to make each and every trim just a little more special, a little more precise. Uh, number one pr- product in the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. The electric trimmer is designed to trim hair, and uh, it's got the advanced skin-safe technology, reduces cuts and nicks. Uh, it's even got the 4,000K LED spotlight, so you can shave anywhere your heart desires, and it is also waterproof, so great there for the shower. I'd like to propose making February 13th a national holiday as National Shave Your Balls Day, okay? Like I said, be ready for February 14th. It's a holiday I think that men and the women can get behind. If the women are watching this, ladies, there's no harm in sending your man, you know, a little hint, hint, wink, wink, 4.0, performance 4.0 package for them. Again, go to manscaped.com, use the code WINC20, save 20%, plus get free shipping. And, of course, beyond the shaving, they have, of course, the wonderful cologne. They have the shampoo, the body wash, the shaving kit, the boxers, the T-shirts, everything, complete package. You can feel comfortable, and your balls can thank you. And we thank you, of course, for watching this podcast and tuning in. And we hope you try manscaped.com. Use the code WINC20 as Valentine's Day is quickly approaching. Hell yeah. Shout out to Manscaped. The only people who like Manscaped more than me are the women in my life. They love Manscaped. <laughs> and I believe that because <laughs> why, why not? All right. Up next, we get a six-man tag. Trio's action, as they would say. Uh, Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz up against 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Obviously, they're... <clears throat> Foreshadowing some issues here with Santana and Ortiz uh, uh, collectively against Jericho. Uh, Jericho and team are going to get the win, but still does not seem like all is right there. As uh, Jericho does some of the work, Santana and Ortiz get the pinfall victory. Jericho kind of leaves without them. So I, I think this is probably due, right? I mean, the inner there's nothing much more to do with the inner circle. Am I wrong? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I've been expecting this for quite some time now, but I really do like how they're telling the story. And who knows, maybe they'll swerve us and they'll all get back together. But I do really feel like it's time to break these guys up. They won the award from uh, the P- PWI as the stable of the year. So listen, they've reached the pinnacle to borrow a term. And I think it's time for everybody to go their separate ways. And I like that they're doing Santana, Ortiz and Jericho. You would think that they would do like a Sammy Guevara Jericho split to set this thing off. But I really like what they're doing here. And uh, I hope this does lead to a split in them uh, doing something different. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, Sammy's over as a baby face, um, you know, so, I, you know, let him. Yeah, I think I think he and Jericho are always going to kind of have a little bit of a bond. They'll always kind of be sure. looking and watching each other's backs. Uh, this, you know, hopefully this benefits Santana and Ortiz, who I think have definitely fallen, uh, fallen, you know, back into the shadows a little bit. Um, you know, they, 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 they need to get some prominence back to them. There's a, there's a very healthy and thriving tag division. In AEW, I don't feel like Santana and Ortiz are in the thick of that, so they need to probably break away, make a statement against Jericho, uh, and get involved in that. So, and where's Jake Hager in all this? Is he still with the company? Uh, you know, I, it's funny you say that. Um, I, I don't. A lot of times, I don't make too much of when we don't see him for weeks on end because I know that he, you know, I, I never know with his MMA stuff what he's got going on training wise. But with all the, you know rumors and speculation of contracts expiring and you know AEW is not going to do what WWE does where they're going to prematurely cut anybody if they're going to if they don't want them around they're going to wait until their contract naturally expires and that be that 
I, I can't help but wonder, like, I mean, all right, well, the guy's been there for for enough years now to where it, this could be the end of a contract term for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why you would let him go unless you just feel like you don't need him. You know, he, he was there to help establish um, credibility to the inner circle, and he did that, and we're done. I don't, but I, but I, it's funny you mentioned that because tonight I was thinking, like, hmm, Hager's been gone for a while. Yeah. And now that I think about this, I don't believe that there are 90 day non-competes with AEW. I, I mean, I might have to look into this, but for some of these contracts that are expiring, because there are a lot coming due, you just kind of wonder if they would be able to just show up on WWE TV or somewhere else, like immediately uh, after that uh, contract expires. I mean, I guess, I mean, every contract could be written differently, but I think even with WWE's contracts, if you natu- if it naturally expires, if it naturally expires on January 26th, you're free to be wherever the next mm-hmm. day. The 90-day no-competes, I think, usually only come to play if you get cut prematurely. Yes. Uh, but again, everybody, you can write a contract different uh, everywhere, uh, every which way you go. <laughs> Edward Cousins. Yeah. Jack Swagger in the saying, Royal man. Rumble. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. I mean, that, that, that would be a fun little, like, I, I wouldn't expect them to do things with Jack Swagger because they're in a different era. They're kind of rebuilding, and they're about the young up-and-comers, I guess, now. But that would be a, a huge story if he was to just show up. It would be Lex Lugerish, you know? Jeff Jarrett-like. If, if even Michael Levirus says, uh, host, check Jake's tweets. Uh, so I'm going to guess that uh, he says he's still with AEW. All right, so okay. he's still around. I, I, who knows what he's uh, – who knows what's – um. Yeah, what what he's got going on? But uh, again, this is a fun time of year. Royal Royal Rumble, especially, is a fun time of year when you start looking about who who's where and where they've been. Okay, uh, CM Punk makes his way to the ring. He's in ring gear. He is taped up. He's in tights. He's ready to go. Uh, a lot to unpack in this one. So we'll we'll try to we'll try to make sure we we touch on all the important parts. So uh, and I'm glad they addressed this because this is very you know, much in my memory of you know Punk being advertised all week that he's going to be uh, speaking on Dynamite. They're in Cleveland. And I can remember being in Pittsburgh in 2014 watching CM Punk at a Royal Rumble. And then the next night in Cleveland, apparently all hell breaks loose. And I'm so glad that they mentioned that because, God, why not? In AEW, they love to talk. Uh, they love to mention WWE. So why, why not pull up this great piece of history? Uh, CM Punk's out first, though. He talks to the crowd, talks about how he wants MJF. He says, yeah, go ahead for the one time. Chant the name of the guy you know you want to see me kick his ass. Uh, Punk even says in a quick little uh, sentence, he goes, I owe you one, Cleveland. Uh, and that's going to get expounded upon here in a second. As MJF comes out, and MJF finally starts talking. He's like, look, it's Punk, you leave. You leave. It's all fine until you don't get what you want, and, and then you pout, and then you blame others. He even makes a reference without naming them of, of suing, uh, referencing Colt Cabana lawsuit. Um, you know, you're going to go on a podcast and just bitch about how, you know, whatever. And so MJF says, all right, finally, next week in Chicago, it's going to be MJF versus CM Punk. And after I beat you there, you're going to go ahead and leave and you're going to go on your 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 woe is me tour. Uh, So we get some really good uh, verbal interactions here. Uh, And and, and MJF tells the whole story of Punk, you know, not appearing in Cleveland, you know, took his ball and went home back in 2014. Uh, All this was was really entertaining before we get to the, the next part that happens physicality what did you make of what is looks to be the last war of words before they finally tango in the ring yes i'm glad you split it up like that Justin, because i do have two different opinions but i thought this mic work the promo that we saw between these two was phenomenal i thought this was as great of promos as they had leading up to this i mean i thought this matched and maybe even surpassed all the promos that we've seen uh between cm punk and mjf and we were talking about production earlier this was very well produced in that they did a split screen where as cm punk was talking you could see mjf's reaction and i think that's something really cool that we don't usually see in wrestling when it comes to live promos between two guys in the same building so i really love that i really love what both of them had to say they were both making pretty valid points at the end, CM Punk came off like more of the baby face, where I think he had more of a valid point in terms of his mindset. So this just seemed like two human beings with an axe to grind against each other, just going at it. And I loved it. Yeah, and I'm going to stick right there with you. We're on the same page. Um, first off, I, I got to give credit to CM Punk because, or, or you know, or maybe it's the credit to MJF. I'm not sure, but I'm going to assume CM Punk. Um, you know, Punk could if he wanted to. I mean, he he's got the most stroke i mean he's the guy he's, he's the big golden goose that came back and is the vet back in the locker room uh and mjf seems like he doesn't have anything that's that's off limits i mean you know we, again he didn't say cole cabana but even just mentioned punk in a lawsuit so i gotta give punk credit to where you know 
he realizes for this to really work, for the heat to really heat and sizzle up and, and, and to get the fans doing the ooh and ah, Punk's got a lot of things in his closet to to use as ammo uh, that MJF can use. And I and again, I'm going to assume that Punk at least signed off on MJF saying what he said. So I give credit to Punk for, you know, just being cool enough to allow that to happen. Because again, if no mention would have been made of the location significance of Clef Cleveland, that would have been a huge missed shot that, that MJF could use to help get heat, to help make this payoff and this, you know, it's a bigger deal. So, you know, good on Punk, good on whoever, Tony, MJF, whoever's all signing off on it. And it's so good that you mentioned the split screen. This is not the first time they've done the split screen. They've been doing it. Mm-hmm. They've done it a, a couple weeks here now. But I love it. And this is one of those things that, you know, WWE should steal. Every wrestling company should steal it because you're right. You know, you're seeing, you, you, you know, a full screen of the person talking, uh, throwing out the, the, the verbal ammo. Well, while they're doing that, it's just important to simultaneously see the reaction they're eliciting out of their counterpart, out of their 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 their, their opposition. And WWE, to the best I can think, I'm not talking about Dewdrop and and Becky Lynch split screens in the backstage. Mm. We're talking about split screens live out in the ring on the stage. The only other time I can ever recall WWE ever doing a split screen with two people in a ring, ironically. One of them was in Cleveland, and that was Vince McMahon, and the other one was Shane, who's down in Florida, when they did the famous "We Bought WCW" uh, storyline. And because you and, and and you know why? Because when Shane famously, you know, you know, I just bought WCW, and you see Vince, you know, and his, you saw all of it in real time in, in the split screen. So, Alfred, it's great that you brought it up. Uh, I, I haven't n- n- mentioned that, but you're exactly right. The split screen has been a nice little production. Uh, thing that they have done well and 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 it's different from you know, at least WWE. So we get the battle uh, on the on the mic here, and then you know Punk in his last uh, retort, last response to MJF says, you know, I'd rather live my life where I fa- where I win, I fail some, but I always get back up. I'm not afraid, unlike you. I always get back up. So MJF sa- MJF says, oh, you always get back up, and out comes FTR and Wardlow. They all start charging the ring. Spears comes from behind out of the crowd attacks Punk, and now Punk is completely outnumbered, getting beat up by MJF's uh, uh, lackeys. Wardlow, the only one that's not doing any dirty work, he's reluctant to do anything. The crowd chanting for Wardlow, clamoring for Wardlow to finally snap and see the light and save CM Punk from this outnumbering. But it does not happen, Alfred. Wardlow reluctantly powerbombs Punk on a chair. Missed opportunity or no? Huge missed opportunity. In fact, I would go as far as to say this was a mistake to have Wardlow even powerbomb CM Punk. They put themselves in a little bit of a tough situation here where Wardlow, as we mentioned earlier, is super over in his hometown, and it's been talked about. We've known that this date is coming. In Cleveland, this is the circle date for this is probably when Wardlow's going to turn, and it was at a fever pitch. It was there for the taking. The people were like, it was like a here we go, okay. And he waited. He bided his time now, like after they beat up CM Punk, it's not time to feed him to Wardlow. And the people are like, don't do it, Wardlow. His hometown is behind him. You're thinking that maybe Wardlow is finally going to be fed up with MJF. And when he hit that powerbomb, it was so deflating. And I thought it was one flaw of this segment where it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess Wardlow is still going to be a bad guy. And I really do I really do fear that they did miss the boat here. And when he does finally turn, it won't be as impactful. Uh, but having said that, even if he did turn, it kind of would might have been a mistake because if he was to, like, go crazy on MJF or something like that, well, now the heat transfers to MJF or yeah. to Wardlow. And you've got your big money match between CM Punk and MJF next week. But Wardlow's the guy who's got all this heat. So you're kind of putting yourself in a tough situation to where, even though this may not have been a popular decision, I would have rather Wardlow didn't show up. And maybe afterwards, backstage, MJF says, what the hell, man? Where the hell were you? But uh, to have Wardlow there, it's almost like you're having your cake and eating it too. And I just thought this was a mistake. Yeah, there's there's a great debate here because there's an argument to both sides. And you kind of just touched on all of them right there. I, I agree. I, I think – I don't think you can – I don't think you – Wardlow has to come out. If FTR and 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 Spears, if they're all coming out, I mean, Wardlow has to be out there. But maybe the middle ground is he, you know, they 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 try to position Punk, you know, there at, at Wardlow's feet to be powerbound, and Wardlow just walks off. Because you're right, if he does, if he does turn and and hit MJF or snaps and and beats up the rest of the guys, you're right. You, you've you've now you're transferring heat seven days away from what. God, you could build a pay-per-view around. But it seems like unless they swerve us, bro, unless like 
the match isn't really a match and it's just a you know an ambush or something and the, and the real match is still yet to come but i don't think they would do that in chicago and punk's hometown um you're right if warlow does something to mjf and the guys it does kind of distract so I, the only thing I can say is, unless the lot, but beyond the 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 transfer and heat, unless the thought is the next best thing to Wardlow's hometown cheering him for the face turn, would be CM Punk's hometown cheering Wardlow for the face turn as he helps save Punk, or, or maybe not even save, but at least helps level the playing field. So you know we get the nice you know, competitive match and then MJF's getting ready to do something crazy and then and, and Wardlow stops it. Maybe the pop's bigger. Maybe they think the pop's bigger there. I, I don't know. And I guess you know, time will tell. And exactly seven days from now, you and I will be debating that. <laughs> um, that's the only thing I can think is they figure maybe it's, maybe it's even an even bigger deal when it is full home field advantage for punk. Um, I don't know, but I, yeah, I, I just, the segment happened. You're right. The power bomb actually happened. And it was just, it was like air coming out of a tire. Yeah. Like, I thought that's I thought that's the whole point of this one. <laughs> yeah, it was. So. I mean, it was there for the taking, and uh, you know, the people were ready for it. The circumstances were almost perfect, not completely perfect, but they were almost perfect for Wardlow to do that. And had he done that, I mean, that place would have gone crazy. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, super chat here from Keith four nine nine. He goes, "Man, I was hoping the segment was a swerve, and it was uh, a Wardlow versus MJF, and they delay CM Punk more because uh, that's a pay per view event with CM Punk." Uh, yeah, I mean. It, that's one way yeah i mean i guess you know if if, War, if if warlow doesn't come out and the other guys beat up punk so bad that he has to be delayed because of injury and then punk or then uh, excuse me warlow comes out and does something but i mean if you're in chicago next week you know i mean they were they were just back there i mean they've been in chicago a lot <laughs> they were there for you know punk's debuts in august and they turned right around and did you know all out and then you know so they're in chicago so it's like i don't know when the next time they're gonna be in chicago is it's like you know and what i mean I, you know i guess yeah give punk the ultimate home field advantage where you're going to get the loudest of boos for MJF. So, I mean, I guess that's the reason to doing it next week and you're going to sell the building out if it's not already sold out. Uh, but yeah, Keith, it's, this is, this is, uh, we're going to be debating this for the next seven days uh, of, of how, how this is handled. And maybe, maybe seven days from now that we are going to be, we're going to be like, yep, they had it all. They got us and we'll see how this plays out. But, it's the wonderful thing about these shows and, and about uh, these podcasts. Uh, Tina Miller, $5. MJF and Punk is the pay-per-view match. It's off-putting to me if it ends next week, but I'll be at Revolution, so I may be biased. <laughs> That's a good point, though, Tina Miller, friend of the show. Uh, I do believe it absolutely. I mean, everybody knows that this is a pay-per-view match, but I just think that that's a disadvantage AEW has in having so few pay-per-views per year that you could only delay a match like this so long based on how long ago they started this feud. So that at the very least, they have to give us maybe a teaser and maybe it will lead to a pay-per-view match. But, you know, I do think there's a universe where we see CM Punk and MJF on pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, just because, yeah, I mean, depending on what happens in this match, I mean, you know, who knows what could cause for a sequel. We also have to keep in mind that while a pay-per-view buy rate is great, you know, people paying you know, 30, 40 bucks through whatever, you know, streaming device or whatever, uh, whether it's pay-per-view or streaming, whatever. Well, that's all great, you know popping you know this maybe this dynamite next week does the largest dynamite ever and you know aew's i mean they're getting money for dynamite now which is good but obviously they're looking towards you know they you want to get more money you're in the proving ground right now you're in your proving term you want to start getting into the hundreds of millions of dollars um so maybe they want to show look we can take a program like an mjf and sam punk build it for a couple months put it as the you know put it with one week of advertisement uh, that it's going to be the main event for a show and look at the numbers we can pull, you know, so maybe in Tony Khan's business mind, you know, popping the biggest viewership ever on a Wednesday, you know, for something that, that only has seven days to promote is, is, is bigger than a, a pay-per-view buy rate. I don't know, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens with it. But anyways, that is probably the biggest news that comes out of this show. In my opinion, is that we're going to have CM Punk and MJF next week. Uh, and of course all the, all the shots fired, uh, yeah. And TV two. should be the priority for AEW. I know pay-per-view has all this gravitas in the wrestling business, and AEW does adopt a pay-per-view model, but the hundreds of millions, as you said, are in the TV, and I do think AEW is more than capable of getting a contract like that based on all the money flying around and the streaming services. If you look at the lay of the land, AEW, if they continue to do solid ratings like this, can get a deal like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
All right, we get the women. We get the only women's match of the night. Uh, legit, Layla Hirsch up against Red Velvet. Red Velvet, she's charging the ring as she comes out. Of course, uh, these two once friends, and and Layla Hirsch has kind of gone a little cuckoo. Uh, so uh, Red, Red Velvet charges the ring. Got a lot of passion in her eyes. Uh, this is, you know, this is back and forth between the two. Uh, Layla Hirsch got a, a whole new level of intensity. She's going to end up getting the win though, and then she's going to attack Red Velvet after the bell. So. Uh, Layla Hirsch and then Chris Statlander is going to come out and run off Hirsch and they kind of note that Layla Hirsch has not been the same since her match against Statlander some weeks ago. So Layla Hirsch, all uh, four foot ten of her uh, Russian fury. Uh, she is, uh, you know, slowly but surely being elevated as and, and being developed as a uh, as one of the heels of the division, They're regularly appearing on Dynamite right now and you know getting some wins and getting some 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 dastardly attacks after after the match. Yeah, and we'll see how this turns out, but I just think Layla Hirsch is miscast as a heel. I, you know, her size, she's just so easy to root for. Uh, she even has like a really nice face in terms of I just don't believe her when she's angry and and this thing with Chris Statland doesn't seem it's like it's connecting with the crowd yet and I just felt like they they kind of took this match off. Although I didn't have a problem with this match. I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good, but um I feel like there's something missing with Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander. Even though they are trying to tell this story, uh, I think it's miscast. And I don't even think Chris Statlander should be a heel. I I, I think there's more uh, interest in these two as a tag team and actually competing with each other, but they don't really have a tag team division with the women just yet. Uh, so, you know, I like that they're showing and showcasing Layla Hirsch. It's, I have no problem with that. I just think she might be miscast as a heel. Yeah, I mean, she's got a hell of a babyface story. Uh, yeah. and, you know, I mean, you know, and they've throwing out bits of it here or there and then if you if you deep dive you can find more i mean she you know she born in russia i believe she lived like a russian orphanage and i mean like so there's like a story you know obviously she's you know drastically undersized even for the women so you know there there, there is definitely an, an underdog story there um yeah so the route to have her be the uh, be a heel that you're be a rising heel. I agree. There's some question of that. Uh, I enjoyed seeing Red Velvet. I, I think Red Velvet is super athletic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think she's got a, you know, an attractive look, both in the attractive sense from a sexual standpoint and attractive in the, you know, she 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 just looks a little bit different. It just you know, ring your everything. I like. I think she's, you know, got something to her. You know, Jim Ross even touched on. She's got a little bit of a family history of her father was a notable boxer. I'd like to hear a little bit more of that. So, I'm interested in both of these ladies. Uh, I'm not. I just don't know if I quite agree. Like you're saying, for where they're being cast and how they're being put. But I, I'm interested in both. So you know, we'll see uh, where things go. But obviously, Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander is a a rematch uh, to be had sooner than later. Uh, we get a pre-tape House of Black video. This was very well done. Very well. All I could think to myself because it's it's if, if you go back and watch it for those of you who haven't seen the show, uh, it starts with uh, Malachi Black. He's just basically in a dark space and there's a little, little bit of light but he's in a dark space he's saying some some creepy words a message to pack and then Brody King comes in but you couldn't help but I couldn't help but think like oh this is like when <laughs> Alistair Black was sitting in a dark room every week on Smackdown yeah, asking for people to come knock on his door uh this was not that this was so much better all I could think was this is what this guy wanted to be doing in the dark room <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because when this segment started, I got PTSD. Like, oh no! Now they're doing this with Black and AEW, but they, they did a very good job with this. And I thought Brody uh, King's involvement was really good. But yeah, Ma- Malachi is one of my one of my favorites in AEW. I think he can do no wrong. And anytime they're using him, they're doing a tag team. And I, I typically wouldn't be a fan of him tagging, but because of the history he has with uh, Brody King, they are a very good tag team. And he's a new character coming in, so I don't have a problem with the House of Black gimmick. Uh, S seven <laughs> clown question mark on the screening. Uh, dollar and nine. It's not a pay per view. It's a premium live event. Well, with AEW, it still is pay per view. Definitely is pay per view with AEW. Uh, but yes, WWE uh, Royal Rumble this Saturday is the premium live premium live event of the weekend. So <laughs> keep your if you're keeping score at home. All right, we get uh, an in ring promo with Doctor Britt Baker. And uh, this felt more like an NFL live segment than it did a pro wrestling yeah, segment. As we got NFL stats and breakdowns going on, of course. <laughs> uh, Britt, of course, uh, a, a Pittsburgher here, um, has connection to Cleveland. While while Britt did do the bulk of her training here in Pittsburgh and, and really started here in Pittsburgh with us on IWC, she did go out to Cleveland, uh, did work uh, AIW, and, and did train with Johnny Gargano and some people out in Cleveland. So she does have a – Cleveland is kind of like the second home wrestling home to her uh so it's kind of fun to see her doing this promo she is just 
uh, crapping on Cleveland all the way around. She has her Pittsburgh uh, uh, gear on, her Pittsburgh ring gear, and it's just crapping on Cleveland. Uh, she says that you know, she's finally she's going to give Cleveland the champion they need. That she's going to give Cleveland the Baker they can believe in. Uh, notes the parallels of 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 her titles won and matches won uh, number nine compared to nine sacks of the Steelers on Baker Mayfield and. I mean, and went and and went back to this well two or three times. It wasn't like it was just one. Like <laughs> it was the beginning, middle, and the end of the promo was the go back to, and then oh, you know, and just knocking Cleveland. Uh, she also notes in the wrestling world that she has took over the AEW women's division. She's took over, and she is the face of AEW. This was comical. This was this was maybe one of her best heel promos, I guess. Yeah, and listen, I've been trying to avoid all things football after what happened to my Packers uh, last weekend, but uh, according of course it's just following me around and as somebody who loves fantasy football trash talk and prides himself on it, this was excellent fantasy football trash talk <laughs> from Britt Baker. And she was talking about real life football uh, with the stats, with uh, him getting sacked a bunch by the Steelers. I thought this was as both of us, football fans and wrestling fans, this is something that we could appreciate. The city of Cleveland, of course, went crazy over it, and it really was effective. They were just trying to shout her down with the let's go, here we go, brownies, and uh, she just kind of steamrolled over them. So I thought this was really good. I thought she did a great job of using her Pittsburgh influence, even taking the towel and putting it over herself afterwards. Uh, just, uh, I, I thought this was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, as she's going on the her rant about being you know, the first woman signed AEW and taking over the division at, at that time, as Alfred just said, the crowd or at least a pocket of the crowd breaks into a "Let's go Browns" and then the dog bark, mm-hmm. and she just no sells it. She doesn't even acknowledge. <laughs> she doesn't even pause for it. I mean, it was just yeah. um, so fun stuff from Britt there. Um, it's. I don't know where they're going. I don't, you know, I don't even know what challenge. I mean, it's like, again, we, we, we've talked about this so many times. Um, it feels like the inevitable money match is her and Jade Cargill. Jade's may not be there just yet. You know, in the end, you know, Jade's not there. Maybe they had to, to do 15 or 20 minutes with her and Brit or main event, whatever. So it's like, they got to like bring Jade along and, and let Jade establish her title reign, which obviously just started. Um, so it's like, kind of like in, in the, in the interim, you know who was Britt taking on i don't know um right and this seemed like a segment just to get Britt baker on tv because she even mentioned like i haven't gotten to cut a promo lately so they had her awards out there so it seemed like just a showcase to remind the world uh that Britt baker is still that you know what and uh i think this is great we were, i was complaining last week about girlfriend Britt baker this is a Britt baker i like going out there and in ground zero of the enemy and and this is more of aew being self-aware knowing she's from Pittsburgh and doing really exactly what they would do in Pittsburgh. She's cutting this promo about how much she loves the Steelers just in Cleveland as a heel. And this was great. Well, and the fact that like, you know, the fact that, uh, and I, I live here and I can say it, even though I'm not a Steeler fan, you know, the fact that Pittsburgh, the Steelers ultimately ended up shit in the bed. I mean, you know, like it's just, it's fun. It's like, you know, they, but they can still trash talk Cleveland. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just like, it's just I feel your pain about uh, teams shitting the bed. I'm right there with you. Oh, I have no pain. I, I, I get some enjoyment sometimes watching Pittsburgh uh, teams uh, shit the bed. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting, oh, that's here, right. on, You're I'm sitting here on edge. Yeah. I'm six days away from finding out what, what the new name is, you know, Washington commanders or whatever the hell it's going to be. Do you have a guess? Let's, let's get a prediction. I, I think, the, I think it's the commanders. Oh, the commanders. I wanted to start with an R. I wanted to be. Yeah. Like, I think I think they they already ruled out. I think they ruled out the the president Jason ruled out red wolves, but red tails was one. Yeah, I, I would have loved red tails. And if I first off, it, I want to start with an R because just so it keeps with like it just rolls off the tongue, you know, from Redskins to red to red tails, you know, hail to the red tails, uh, or maybe they change a the fight song, but like you know, I don't know, just the the hashtags. I wanted to be with an R plus. I think red tails the whole. Uh, significance to it was I believe that the Tuskegee, Tuskegee Airmen, Airmen were that and I believe some of the original Tuskegee Airmen are from DC so like yeah, it's felt- chocolate city yeah it just felt like it's so I, that's what I like but I'm I'm getting from my my little investigation I'm doing and and, and I have my sources and people I trust I think it's gonna be commanders uh, I don't so like I don't know but then I'm kind of like is this like WWF to WWE? Oh, is the world going to be falling like what it did when we all of a sudden our beloved WWF now is WWE? But then like 
after a year or two, it's just you know, now we just now now if I'm revisiting 1992 Royal Rumble, I say Ric Flair won the WWE title, winning the yeah. Royal Rumble. I don't know. That that'll happen. People will get used to saying Washington Commanders, but I really didn't even have a problem with Washington football team. I just thought you know it's the only team in sports that's just named that, and it's just kind of this normal name. I had no problem with that. Yeah, but you need you need it's if you're if you're in the marketing department, you hate it. Sure. You need a mascot. You need symbolism. You need something to market behind. I mean, it, it, we're not we're not in the freaking Premier League. We're not the football team. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Oz, Don and Nine, super sticker. Thanks, Oz. Uh, Issa's, where's Issa? At? She's in there somewhere. Uh, yes, super, Issa. Shout not a Issa. super chat, but Issa doesn't have to pay money. She doesn't. Have to pay no. money. She's my faves. Hi, Issa. VIP. She's VIP. She's bottle service all the way. Hell yeah. Shut up, Harold. What? What is this? I couldn't even. <laughs> what is this? What? What? <laughs> oh, he's coming for you. I mean, is he wrong? <laughs> Red Hogs. Red Hogs, that'd be good. I have to give a shout out to a, a guy I know, Matt Vandrak. He, his suggestion to me was they changed the logo, changed the logo to a potato, and still call themselves the Redskins. <laughs> That'd yeah. be the ultimate troll. That that's very up Daniel Snyder's alley. <laughs> I could see it. He was <laughs> he was channeling his inner uh, Daniel Snyder when he said that to me. All right, um, let's get into the main event. Enough football talk. See, Britt, you turn this into a football. Podcast. I know. See, what look at you doing to us. All right, we got Adam Cole uh, versus Orange Cassidy, a lights out match. Last lights out match, of course, was Britt and Thunder Rosa. Uh, so a lot of expectation to what we're going to see here. Uh, new intensity from Orange Cassidy. He crushes his glasses. He's out there, uh, you, know, uh, you know, firing all the shots uh, as the, at the opening bell here. Uh, this one uh, has a little bit of a surprise cameo. Cole goes under the ring to pull out um, a ladder or a chair or something. He's having trouble because attached to it is Danhausen. <laughs> If you're not familiar with Danhausen, go Google him. He is an indie sensation. He is quite the personality. I think he's technically physically injured right now. Yeah. Not clear to be in the ring. So even all the more better for a guy and right now in this part of his career, not able to get out there and wrestle to get uh, an AEW cameo. Um, Alfred, uh, fill the people in with what you're filling me in with uh, Danhausen with the AEW thing. Absolutely love Danhausen. He, you know, he's got a very quirky personality. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to fall in love with this guy who may not be familiar with him. But uh, judging by the crowd reaction, a lot of people were. He got a huge pop, and he, before joining AEW, applied to join A and W, the fast food <laughs> restaurant, the A and W root beer fast food restaurant, and it worked because the A and W root beer restaurant uh, tweeted that he's hired the official restaurant. So they're playing along. Uh, very funny because you know A and W. AEW and uh, now it looks like he's got a job with A and W and AEW and it was great to see him there this is the most Danhausen debut that they could have done this is perfect for if you're familiar with what this character is he just shows up he's a big pop and he walks off and nobody knows why Orange Cassie didn't seem like he knew why he was there Adam Cole didn't know why he was there he just walked off and just like a badass I can't wait for Danhausen and AEW uh yeah and I said cameo uh and to just to counter here, Tony Khan did tweet. In fact, he has arrived. Danhausen is all elite. So, um, good on him. Uh, I mean, that, he's a guy. He's he's super popular with the independent crowd. He's built up quite a fan base. He's um, very popular with the boys. His colleagues all seem to like him. So, um, this is uh, one of those one of those signings that you, you're going to get uh, morale points on different levels from the fans yeah. to the locker room. So. Uh, go ahead. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what what Dan Housen has in store uh, in AW. All right. So continue with the match. Um, uh, one of the big spots here is, you know, of course, Orange Cassidy has his, you know, um, you know, his his big punch. Uh, he ends up punching the ring bell. So now his hand is all bloody and messed up. There we get, you know, Wheeler, Yuta, Bobby Fish. Uh, we get Chuck. We get the Young Bucks. We get uh, Trent. We get Rocky Romero. We get all the, you know, all the hoopla outside. Just to offset everybody, we get the orange punch. Um, he hits it hard, lays it in on Adam Cole. It's still just a two count. Adam Cole at some point does a low blow on Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy had a steel cup on, so that hurt uh, Cole way more than it hurt uh, Orange Cassidy. Uh, orange Cassidy's going to hit a Panama Sunrise. That's still just a two count. They fight backstage. They crash through Tony Khan's table. Back onto the stage. They're up on top of one of the entrance tunnels. 
And uh, with a Orange Cassidy best friends kind of bear hug, he jumps and slams Adam Cole through the stage and does get the one, two, three pin. So lights out match ends with Orange Cassidy as the victor. Uh, Alfred, I got two questions for you. The first, what did you think of this match? The second, should this have main evented or should the latter match that started main evented? Very interesting question. I do think this should have main evented. I thought this was a very good main event, just based on the match they had. I think either could have, and I wouldn't have had a problem with it, but I thought this lived up to the standards of being a main event. I just love this match. I thought Orange Cassidy being presented as a little more serious was a good move because this is going to be a lights-out match. This is one of these stipulations that AEW really gets behind as being a violent match, so you don't want too much silliness. And him snapping his glasses and just kind of taking more of a serious slant, I think, worked in this capacity. So I, I liked the, the – they didn't do too much violence. It wasn't all this blood and guts, which I thought was uh, kind of a good thing for this match. And I, I loved it. I loved this match. Yeah, uh, it, it was entertaining. Um you know, Orange Cassidy, it's a, it's a great win for him. Adam Cole's not at all damaged. He's still Adam Cole, baby. Uh, so it was, it was a fun, a fun main event. Again, I now I'm, you know, you know, we will we get back to the Adam Cole story of the Bucks on one side of his love life, and you know, Fish and Kyle on the other side. Uh, so a lot to look forward to. But um, yeah, overall, this was a, a very entertaining uh, way to cap off uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite's Beach Break. A couple super chats here. Uh, Jay Kane, five dollars. Uh, when can we start to criticize AEW about the lack of TV time for Jay Lethal, Dante Martin, or lack of top black stars? We want change. YouTube Pro Wrestling Bits. Uh, I definitely do a lot of that there. And uh, yeah, Jay Lethal has not been on TV, but he does have COVID. Uh, I was told by a very reliable source. So get well soon, Jay Lethal. But uh, you know that's no excuse for the past sixty days of Jay Lethal. But you know, hopefully they they come along and they're able to continue because they are aware of this problem. And and the key is going to be to just bring them along and and make sure that they make more Jay Cargill. I think they're doing a good job with her, and I want to see more examples of that. Alfred, uh, yeah, I mean this this top this super chat kind of brings the topic up. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you because it is an interesting story. What's going on with Leo Rush? Yeah, well, Leo Rush, it, it seems his contract is expiring. Uh, a lot of smoke, and I'm not the only one. A lot of people are very kind of dubious as to what's happening. And there are two sides of this coin. Listen, it, it's a, kind of wild to call out your employer the way Leo Rush did and say apologize. I respect him for speaking up like that, but there are going to be consequences for that action. So it does seem like a weird timeline in terms of him signing in mid-June and now his contract is expiring in February, really short weeks after that whole controversy with Big Swole. So I do think I'm almost positive that has something to do with the fact that his contract is now uh, suddenly expiring. I just think the two... Looks like the two go their separate ways. And uh... are we are we on the air? What's going on here? Justin is frozen. Uh, I blink twice if you guys can hear. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, they hear me. You see what's happening? The powers that be have tried to silence us is what's happening. We try to talk about a little race and wrestling, and the powers that be are trying to silence us. We will not be silenced, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, looks like Justin Labar is in parts unknown right now. It looks like The Undertaker has gotten to Justin Labar if you see his screen right now. But uh, listen, to talk about the Leo Rush thing, I think that he was expired, but in the way that you get fired. I think he was expired as a verb. I think he was expired the way Vince McMahon expires people when he's mad at them. Uh, and that's what happened. But shout out to Leo to be just fine in the pro wrestling world. And I hope he does well in MLW, maybe at the Royal Rumble. But his contract does expire in February, so that's not going to be a possibility. Uh, shout out to Leo Rush. Looks like Justin is frozen. This has been a great podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I thought this was a good beach break. thought this was a very good made-for-TV type pay-per-view. And it really lived up to its expectations. Uh, but shout out to to. Jay Lethal and all the black stars, including Leo Rush, who are, are going to be just fine 
And ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to call it a night here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Uh, hopefully, Justin Labar will tell us tales about his brush with The Undertaker next week. Uh, but for Justin Labar, I've been Alfred Kunwa. Check Forbes for all the wall-to-wall Royal Rumble coverage that I will have. Hopefully, we're going to get some interviews up there. It's been a crazy week. Uh, Royal Rumble this week. Uh, we are going to have a wrestling in coverage of the Royal Rumble on Saturday. And also next week, we are going to begin the road to WrestleMania. So everybody, for Justin Labar, I am Alfred Kunawa. You guys have a great night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.